I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Five G. You're hearing it a lot. It's fast. It's new. It's better somehow. I know companies say they have it. I know some phones say they support it. But what does it even mean? Let's help you know a little more about five G. The first generation of phones to support five G are out, and most of them are kind of expensive. Five G services are up and running, but limited in coverage. You can get it inside of big cities and stuff. That's going to improve as time goes on. In mid-2020, buying a 5G phone is for early adopters and people who want to be future-proof. By 2021, it's likely to become mainstream. That's for mobile. 5G is also a potential replacement for home internet service because it can offer fiber-like speeds with much easier installation. Let's talk a little bit about what 5G is. 5G is not a thing. It's a term for a collection of technologies. Now, that was true of 4G, and it was true of 3G. These names mark significant advances in the technology. The G stands for generation. So 5G is the fifth generation of this kind of wireless mobile tech. Let's think of 4G, though, for a second. LTE is the main tech used for 4G service. LTE Advanced is new technology that makes LTE work faster. But it's not a significant new generation. 5G is new stuff. Its technologies offer greater speed and, more importantly, lower latency and greater capacity. Yeah, speed isn't the biggest advantage of 5G. Let's talk about that. Everybody knows 5G is going to be faster, right? You may sometimes hear people talking about latency and the fact that 5G will make things feel more instantaneous over the Internet. And that's more important than the speed, honestly, but greater capacity is something you almost never hear people talking about. And that's where 5G tech is really going to differentiate itself from LTE. With 5G, more devices can connect at once. That's why you hear people say 5G will be great for the Internet of Things. And I'm sure sometimes you think, well, I've got Internet of Things. They work right now on 4G, don't they? Well, do they? Think about it. Your Internet of Things devices probably are working on Wi-Fi right now because the capacity of 4G just isn't quite good enough to handle even what is really a limited number of potential Internet of Things devices. And if you've used 4G in a car, you, you know this. So what makes a phone 5G? 5G NR 
is the radio access technology used in standard 5G implementations. There are some other implementations, but they're going to go away. 5G NR will not be compatible with 4G hardware. This is why it's different. LTE Advanced is new, but it's pretty compatible with existing 4G hardware, often with just a software upgrade. 5G NR is not in your device, unless you have a 5G NR radio. 5G phones will have to have 5G and 4G radios if they want to receive both, which they will for a long time, just like you have a separate radio for 3G and 4G service in phones right now. So how does 5G work? Maybe you heard 5G can't go through walls or it gets disrupted by rain. Kind of true, kind of not. 5G isn't the problem. The spectrum you use to broadcast in 5G is. Think of a radio station. Each radio station broadcasts at a different part of the radio broadcast spectrum. You've got 93.5, 97.1, 101.5. Otherwise, they'd all overlap. Same with phone service. Carriers broadcast their service in different parts of the radio spectrum. Now, a radio station might operate at 91.7 megahertz, whereas cell service operates in the hundreds of megahertz or up in the gigahertz part of the spectrum. 5G generally is operated above and below 6 gigahertz, depending on the implementation. And that's important to know because a lot of the problems above 6 gigahertz are the ones you hear about. And they don't exist, those particular problems don't exist for 5G service that operates below 6 gigahertz. You might say, well, why doesn't everybody operate below 6 gigahertz? We'll get to that in a second. You're going to run into that thing where somebody says, well, 5G has a problem breaking through walls. And you're going to say, well, my 5G service doesn't have that problem. And then you're going to have somebody else say, well, 5G gets 20 gigabits per second. And then you're going to say, well, my 5G does not get 20 gigabits per second. It's because 5G services from different companies and even sometimes within the same company in different areas operate in different spectrums. Below 6 gigahertz is low frequency 5G. For example, what T-Mobile has rolled out in most of the parts of the U.S. in the 600 megahertz spectrum. That low frequency spectrum allows for more flexible encoding than LTE and wider channels. So it is an improvement on LTE. They're not huge, but they're wider than what LTE can do. So it can be faster potentially a 25 to 50% increase in speed over LTE over the same range. This low-frequency 5G can have the same range you have with LTE. It won't have a problem going through walls, and it will, on average, and especially over time, be faster. And it'll have 5G's latency and capacity increases as well. But it won't be that much faster. This may be another point of confusion where you see some company claim their 4G faster is faster than or their 4G service is faster than some other company's 5G. That's because the speed potential range overlaps. So 5G service operating at the bottom of its potential might in some cases be slower than LTE working at the top of its potential. That's likely not to last. Those bragging rights are going to be short lived. The 5G service that can't be touched by LTE, though, is high-frequency service. This is in the 28 gigahertz, 38 gigahertz spectrums, way up there. Often, you will hear this referred to as millimeter wave service, abbreviated MM wave. So when you hear somebody say, oh, this service is millimeter wave, this is the one they're talking about. 
And this is the one that is definitely always faster. That's why you don't always use low-frequency service, because you can't quite get the speed out of it that you can with millimeter wave. Millimeter wave gives you really big channels. This is when we need to use the word bandwidth a little more precisely. We often use bandwidth interchangeably with speed, because better bandwidth often leads to better speeds. But bandwidth is actually the breadth that a signal can use. And millimeter wave service at that high spectrum gives you wide bandwidth channels for very high speeds. But... Millimeter wave is the technology that drops off faster over distance. It works great when you're close to the source. So you need more sources so that more people are closer to the source more often. That's why some carriers can roll out 5G faster than others. If you're using low frequency below 6 gigahertz, yeah, you're not going to get the speeds that you could get from millimeter wave, but you can use your existing cell towers. If you're doing it in millimeter wave, you're going to have to add more base stations and you're going to need them to connect to a landline backhaul more often. That's pricier and it takes time. Millimeter wave is also the one that has more problems penetrating walls. We'll get to that when we talk about how it works a little bit later, but there is a way to mitigate that. It's not going to be as bad as you think. I know I've heard people say 5G won't be able to work inside. It will. But that's another reason why, well, if you do the below 6 gigahertz, you can just have it working within walls right now. You don't have to take the mitigation efforts. You'll be able to get 5G inside if it's low frequency. And even if it's millimeter wave, there's a way to use it inside, but that takes more work. Before we get to using millimeter wave 5G inside for mobile, we should acknowledge that this high-speed wireless service is great for your home internet because it's cheaper than laying cable, though. I mean, it's more expensive to do the millimeter wave than it is to just use your existing towers, but it's still cheaper than digging up the street, getting permits, tying cables to towers, because you only have to tie out the base stations to the towers, I guess. And it offers more capacity for traffic than 4G does. A lot of carriers stopped laying fiber to the home because they knew they and their competitors could eventually set up 5G in a neighborhood. Why spend money on expensive infrastructure if someone can come in more cheaply, even if it's five years later, and out-compete you before you recover your investment? With in-home service, the wall thing isn't a big deal either, because you put the receiver anywhere it gets a good signal. Maybe that's even outside or on a roof, and then your router broadcasts it through Wi-Fi to the rest of the house. So that's for home internet service, not for your mobile service, but... It's an easier problem to solve, right? So let's talk a little bit about speed. LTE is fast, and it's getting faster. LTE can get speeds up to 2 gigabits per second. You don't see that in practice right now, but it can. So as we mentioned, the speed difference between 5G and 4G may or may not be apparent depending on where you are. That's why AT&T just couldn't resist calling its newest implementation of LTE 5G evolution causing a lot of people, smart people, to think they had 5G when they did not. What AT&T calls 5G evolution or 5GE, it might show up on your phone, is just 4G advanced LTE that can reach these higher LTE speeds. But that confusion will persist because, as we said, actual real 5G speeds may not be significantly faster than the top LTE speeds for a while. Now, eventually, like we said, 5G millimeter wave can hit 20 gigabits per second, and there will not be comparison at that point, but that won't be right away. 5G's early advantage is in latency 
and capacity. Again, I can't emphasize that enough. The way you'll tell the difference between 5G and 4G in its earliest days, for the first few years probably, may not be by speed so much as, wow, I'm in real time with my video stream. And you're on that LTE connection and you're not in real time on your video stream. There's more latency. Potentially, 5G can give you one millisecond of latency compared to 4G, which at best is 30, often around 70 milliseconds. So we've been saying 5G can do all this better capacity, better latency, but not always better speeds, but eventually better speeds. But how? How does this 5G stuff work? 5G uses encoding called OFDM. That's actually similar to LTE, but with many more smaller cells, as well as the wider bandwidth that I talked about earlier, and some advanced antenna tech to increase the capacity. You can put more cells on a tower, but obviously if you're doing millimeter wave, you even have more towers. I mentioned needing more smaller cells when you're at millimeter wave, and I've talked about the wider channels and how that can help speeds and latency even at the lower frequencies. So let's talk about that antenna tech, because that's going to help solve getting millimeter wave 5G inside. One of the reasons you need new hardware for 5G is you need a smart antenna in your device. Smart antennas instantly form directional beams. It's similar to deep space telescopes. In fact, thank deep space telescopes for this. If anyone says, why are we wasting money on deep space telescopes? And they don't take, you know, learning things as an answer. Tell them, well, it's so you can get your 5G millimeter wave antenna working. The way deep space telescopes find faraway stars is a similar principle to how you're going to find your 5G signal when you're behind a wall. And mobile equipment will use dozens of tiny antennas. Base stations will have hundreds of antennas because they have that higher capacity. So you're less likely to have a node get overloaded because everybody's using it at once. And they'll all work in concert to create narrow, time-varying beams that continually move to stay locked on the desired signal. So when we talk about 5G being a collection of technologies, this is one of those technologies. 4G couldn't use this spectrum. But 5G can because we have this antenna technology that can take advantage of it and work around some of its problems. Now, my guess is, especially in the early days, there are going to be more complaints about 5G service inside because for whatever reason, you as a user are going to run into situations that tests of the antennas have never run into. And it's going to take a while to figure out what those things are and squash those bugs. But by all accounts, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to use millimeter wave 5G inside a building, as long as you're close enough to the base station. Because again, it drops off faster over distance. You've got these smart antennas to help mitigate the problems. Now, there may be more rural gaps, more coverage gaps in the millimeter wave 5G service in places outside of major cities and with major infrastructure. I think that will be a significant complaint. And there will be some bugs and stuff in these advanced antennas at the beginning. And that may cause weird dropouts. But that will get fixed over time. Okay. So faster service, lower latency, more capacity. What does that get me? Well, when you've got all that, you can do a game streaming service over mobile. The whole big deal with a game streaming service is figuring out how to get low latency, right? And you don't see that over mobile because of latency. At best, you'll see it over Wi-Fi. Well, now you can do it over 5G. And if you've got 5G service as your home service, you can use that one millisecond, or eventually it might even get lower, latency. And yeah, run, run a game service in your home on your desktop using 5G. 
Now, granted, if you're a competitive gamer, that probably might not still be enough latency, but wow, it's pretty good. Another example is physical therapy. I see a lot of examples using virtual reality, but particularly for physical therapy. So someone won't have to have the VR all local. You want to go through some physical therapy with somebody who's like, I don't have a headset. Well, you can give them a very minimal, cheap headset, whether it's physical therapy or something else. VR can then be streamed over 5G. Virtual reality being streamed is very difficult right now. You don't see virtual reality in Stadia or any of these other streaming services. Another example, smart bandages. Uh, bandages that track healing. Just one example of a lot of the little things that can happen. You may ask, well, why, why couldn't I do smart bandage with 4G? And it's because of the capacity. You're in a very populated hospital with a lot of bandages. You're going to be bogging up the network. You couldn't have that many sensors doing that much traffic because of capacity. And the sensors can move too as, as patients move around. With 5G, you can just have it everywhere. High-res security cameras, that person can go home with their bandage. It'll be tracked all the way home, won't lose Wi-Fi or whatever. You can have uh, high-res security cameras at your home. You know you've got the bandwidth, so you can push out all those bits. Have that high resolution over your camera. Driverless cars are another one where they can now interact with one another better. If driverless cars want to talk to each other rather than just be self-contained, that will help safety quite a bit car can say, hey, I'm about to turn left in 200 meters. That's an advantage driverless cars could have over humans is the ability to know what the other cars on the road are going to do ahead of time. And to do that, you need low latency. I mean, not for 200 meters, but if it's a if it's a quick turn, sure. If it's a adjusting like, oh, a ball just bounced in front of me. I'm going to swerve right. High capacity, low latency. That's something 5G can provide there as well. In some ways, it's a lot like having your home Wi-Fi level of service available as your mobile service. I know 4G feels like that, but there are times when it doesn't. And there are definitely times when you're out and about and you're like, I'm switching to Wi-Fi or I wish I could switch to Wi-Fi. And there are products that just don't get made because they need that consistent, wide-ranging, high-bandwidth, low-latency, high-capacity service that 5G is going to provide. Now, All of this is not to say 5G is going to solve all our ills. I've tried to point out some of the pitfalls along the way, but it's definitely going to be an improvement for certain kinds of things. Speed, not really the biggest one of them. And it'll be interesting to see at what point the service really becomes practical for you to subscribe to and how much they are going to charge for it. I mean, when you've got this amount of bandwidth, you really need to have a higher data cap if you're going to have a data cap at all. Maybe we just don't have one. But all in all... It's workable, and it's not going to change the world as much as many of the things you read out there say it will, but it's definitely going to change the kinds of devices and services that we can use and the proliferation of them. I think that'll be the interesting thing to see is stuff like smart cities now become more practical when you have a ubiquitous, high-capacity, high-bandwidth service like 5G, not limiting the kinds of sensors, the number of sensors you can do. Hope this helps you understand a little more about what 5G is, how you can benefit from it, and what its limitations are. In other words, I hope now you know a little more about 5G. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.